So I think we experienced a very long cycle and that cycle ended probably last year, 2022, the Q1 as the Fed started to raise interest rates. And so when I, I tell our investors now is that the wave has crashed and that now is the opportunity to ride the next wave. And that's really our strategy is finding the deals that are at discounts that are in good, desirable neighborhoods that fit our criteria and buying them at a great price. Where we feel long. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. We're back again with our guest today, Cameron Pym. And you heard him yesterday, of course. And we're going to dive in a little bit more to the market cycle and where he thinks we're at and just the opportunities that potentially lie ahead and, and what those look like, even some, some details on reducing risk uh, in today's market. As an operator, you're going to hear him elaborate as well on a few things for our passive investors and things that, that you need to know, right? If you're going to invest right now into an opportunity, some specific things you should be looking for uh, in that opportunity or asking that operator for and to better understand before making that investment. Cameron, welcome back to the show. We're going to jump right back in. I'm grateful for just your gen generosity of your time and us diving into your skill sets. And I, I want to encourage listeners, again, go back to and listen to yesterday's show. Cameron shared a little more about his background uh, and even talks, talks about the cracks that are starting to show and some of the opportunities and, and maybe potential deals that are, that are to be found in the near future. And so I encourage you again, go back and listen to yesterday's show. We're going to continue though. And Cameron, though, even from yesterday's conversation, you were mentioning something in when we weren't recording just about the continuing of learning, right? You want to elaborate on that a little bit and we'll dive into some of the market cycle stuff. Yeah, we were touching on communication with investors and how important it is to educate them on where we are in the process. But there's also value there from, they have unique perspectives being leaders in their own industry. Right. And, and they, they may look at a problem differently and it gives you some ideas. Oh, well, maybe, why don't we look at this differently? And you and I were talking about some other opportunities. There's so many resources such as this podcast, other podcasts online, conferences, books. I, I find myself I'm a constant student of our craft. And every time I'm driving, I'm listening to one of these podcasts and I'm listening to your insight and your guests insight. And I like to hear how other sponsors are looking at this and what they're seeing in their market. Same thing at conferences. And it's just a great way to stay attuned to what's going on and to continue to grow as a professional. So I, I, I love these sorts of resources, sharing information and, and learning from them as well. And I, I think investors and sponsors alike can and should do the same. No doubt. I, I do think we are, you have to be a constant student. And, and it even, things are changing constantly, right? And so you have mm -hmm. to continually learn, continue, continue to learn. And right. you know, that, that goes right into just, let's talk about just where you feel like we are in this multifamily, the same market cycle a little bit and how that's affecting. We talked about a little bit yesterday as far as what you all are doing, but let's dive into that a little bit. Sure. So I think we experienced a very long cycle 
and that cycle ended probably last year, 2022, of a Q1 as the Fed started to raise interest rates. And so when I, I tell our investors now is that the wave has crashed and that now is the opportunity to ride the next wave. And that's really our strategy is finding the deals that are at discounts that are in good, desirable neighborhoods that fit our criteria and buying them at a great price where we feel long, there's great long-term value in them. So but there's been a bit of a pause in deal activity. I think that will thaw out over the next 12 months, hopefully. Sooner rather than later for, for all of us people that, all of us deal junkies that are ready to get back into it and, and, and get back in the hunt. So, but I think there's a lot of that coming. Like you mentioned, the cracks are starting to show and people are realizing that the deal doesn't work at the price they bought it anymore or the, or at the assumptions that they have. And a reset in pricing is what's needed in order for the asset to work. Yeah. 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 It is unfortunate for many and it's going to happen though, whether almost no matter what they do at this point. Right. And so it does create an opportunity for others. And yeah. so, you know, so you would say, let's say over the next, maybe the next 12 months, we're going to see opportunities in that, but that as far as in our market cycle, that we are hopefully on the way back up, say within the next six to 12 months, you're hoping as far as deal flow and even even just the values of, of multifamily. Yeah, we're we're either approaching the bottom or at the bottom right now, I think. So we're somewhere in there. It's tough to tell exactly. But yeah, I, I think there's going to be some great opportunity. What do you see happening? And, and I know this is all so guessing, right? To some degree. However, there's a lot of experience that, that goes into these assumptions, thoughts, uh, but just about debt. How do you, how do you see, what do you see happening just with debt options over the next six, 12 months as well? Your expectations? No, I mean, they're going to be higher than they were. Interest rates will be higher than they were over the last couple of years. You know, in the greater scheme of things, they're really not that high. If you can listen to people talking about being in the teens, when, when they started, when they bought their first house. So there's been some creative product out there, like fixed rate bridge. And if it checks the right boxes, you're maybe all in high fives, low sixes. That's interesting. I think agency debt represents some great opportunity as well. Uh, leverage is, is certainly lower than it was in the past. And, and the way that they're underwriting that is a bit different right now. It, you're usually looking for an in-place one in a 1.25 debt service coverage ratio. And it, it's, that's bringing your leverage down to probably 65% or less. Or where we saw 80, maybe even 85% debt over the last couple of years. So everybody's adjusting to the new market conditions and, and lenders are at the, at the forefront of that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, finding the, the correct debt is just so crucial, right? And, and many are feeling that at the moment uh, for not having maybe the correct debt, uh, but 
However, what other ways do you see, you say an operator can reduce risk right in today's market? Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to be very mindful on controlling your expenses. I think you want to take what the defense gives you, so to speak, as it relates to renewal rents and new rents. I think now is the time to, while you can still push for some rent increases, I think preserving occupancy is of the utmost importance right now. So I think being a little less aggressive in your rates as you're going out is, is probably prudent, especially we've just, we're, we're at the tail end of the peak leasing season with summer ending and school starting. So I think people should be mindful of that as well. We're, we're going to be in the holidays here in the next few months and there's very little leasing activity. So I think we're, we're very aware of that with our teams and how we're coaching them to make sure that we are at full at this time and that we're keeping our, our existing residents happy and giving them reasonable renewal rates as we go into the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think that's it's very wise and time to preserve occupancy. Uh, it's so that's so true. I think uh, sometimes it, uh, we get greedy, right, uh, and keep pushing uh, and uh, potentially uh, cause, cause ourselves uh, be in a worse spot, right, because we push people to, to move or to leave. Uh, and at, at a bad time, like you're talking about, right. uh, it's it's so hard to believe that that we can even talk about Christmas right now. Uh, <laughs> but but it's it's going to be here for you. But in almost any deal right. at the moment that we even, you know, if we find something today that we believe we like, by the time we get it under contract, let's say the next, if it was the next week or two or three four weeks, actually get a contract, it's going to be between Thanksgiving and Christmas before we would close, right? That's right. So a lot to think about there. It's just the timing of that but occupancy, no doubt, on current projects. As far as, are you all doing anything different as far as like reserves or that you expect to have on hand, say, maybe different than you would have done two years ago, right? When, say, assessing new projects now? Um, no, I think what we've found is that we were appropriately conservative especially as we've even gone through the turmoil that the market has seen. And, and we spoke about rising expenses and whether that's on the operating side or capital improvement side. And we found ourselves to have ample reserves there. So I think if anything, it's kind of confirmed our assumptions that, okay, this is the right way to be underwriting. I think the conservativeness is... More so in your, again, your, your pro forma assumptions right now and being overly cautious on what rents you think you can get or what you think your expenses will be on your exit cap rate. Those are, those are really the big drivers that I think are going to make or break deals. Right. All right, Cameron. Well, we're going to, we're going to shift gears just a little bit and, and I, I wonder are, what are some ways or a way that you've recently, you all recently improved the business that we could apply to our business? That's a good question. We continue to focus on how do we leverage technology to uh, make the investment process easier and to improve communications. So we've recently invested in an investment manager software where uh, there's a portal 
That's where you can get your updates, your K1s, you can see new deals. We can issue payment through that. So that's, that's one of the recent investments we've made. I, I think investor relations is so critical in, in, in this business, right? Your investors and, and, and the funds that they're investing in you are the lifeblood of the business, right? It, and all takes capital to get this done. So treating your investors like gold and, and finding the best way to make the investment process easy and communicative is a very worthwhile investment. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Can I ask what portal you all went to? We we went through, we demoed a number of them and we ultimately decided at Folio Investment Manager. Okay. So we've been, we've been rolling that out recently. It's awesome. No, it's a, it's a great thing to have a portal like that. I love having that system where investors feel like they're in a secure place, right? And they, and I love the, they can fund through it as well. They can do all their documents. They can fund through it. They can receive distributions. I love that. Are we, are we using Vestnext? I can't speak to Outfolio. I've heard great things about Outfolio's system though. And, but just having a, something like that, I feel like just kind of sets a standard for you as a professional organization, right? And all, all those things that we want to express to our investors, right? What are there, are there other ways maybe you all you talked about the importance of investor relations, what made me think of this, because I agree it's so important. Are, are there other ways maybe you all have stood out to your investors that in a way that investors have been so appreciative or, or commented, complimented you all on? So maybe we could do the same. Yeah, I, I touched on it earlier, but it's doing what we say we're going to do, especially in, in when we're selling them on an investment, right? So under-promising, over-delivering, that's led to ref investor referrals with each deal. So each deal we've done, it's snowballed. And somebody said, hey, uh, can I bring a friend or a family member into this? Said, Would it be okay if I introduce them? And the answer is always, absolutely, thank you, right? So I think if you can be the positive topic and a cocktail party, you are doing really good things. And, and that is the best marketing you can ever get. Yeah. The positive topic. It's unfortunate that most talk about the negative things a lot more than they talk about the positive, right? But yeah. so don't, don't be the negative. That's for sure. That's right. So what about, what's your best source for meeting new investors right now? Say outside of referrals, uh, like where are you all connecting with investors now? We've been using online uh, formats such as whether it's a podcast, you gain some exposure through that or through LinkedIn, through some thought leadership, that's been effective. Outside of that, we've also been building our relationships with kind of established family office and equity groups as we, as we attend conferences. There's also individuals at those conferences, so. You know, I think it's it's a combination of a lot of things, just being very active in the space. We, I host a meetup in Las Vegas for professionals as well, where we just, it's not necessarily pitching deals or ideas. It's just getting together and then creating a community of professionals that, hey, if, you, if you're looking for this, we've got it within our network or, hey, this is an investment opportunity or, hey, here's a great vendor that can help you solve an issue with your like roofing vendor or something like that or or brokers or whatever so i think 
just staying very active in the space and being being as available as possible. It, it, it has been very beneficial. What's your best advice for passive investors right now? I think you, you need to start as soon as possible, but in doing that is also educate yourself on kind of what the investment process is. So I think you, you need to do a little bit of your own research. You need to understand just how sensitive an exit cap rate is or how your acquisition price is, is so important and understanding where do you sit in the market amongst your competitors at acquisition and where are you forecasting you'll be at your exit. So I think it's really important that not only is it a good buy, but you are realistic on what your exit expectations are if you're going if you have a successful investment. Any guidance there for an investor besides they're looking at something or thoughts as you would look at a deal or analyze something new? Yeah, I mean, and it should be in the sponsor's package. How are you looking at it from an acquisition standpoint? Who are your comps? And then on the exit side too, what are you comping to? I think that's really important. And it's, it's price per door. It's also cap rate. Uh, and then uh, are your rents in line with the competitive set that you've selected there? And I think you can do your own research easily in those sub markets using things like uh, apartments.com or Zillow. You can do your own research. These in line. Where would I want to live? This price point. Yeah. You know, just I, I think they're they're simple sanity checks that you can do. Just applying rationale that doesn't necessarily need to be institutionally trained. What are some of the most important metrics that you track, Cameron? It could be personally, say a personal metric or a professional metric that that's been important to you. Yeah, I think it's it's number of, of contacts activity. I think having a high level of activity from a deal flow standpoint and also from staying in front of important relationships, brokers in, in markets that you're in, getting an idea of, of what they're seeing and, and what what they're hearing from other investors. I think staying in front of an Investment groups, family offices, private equity, your individual investors is really important. Just keeping warm leads, not just when you have a deal, but but consistently. Right. Yeah. No doubt about. Go ahead. Or I thought you were going to say something. No, that. Sorry. Yeah, it is the consistency, right? In in staying in touch, and what about? Any other habits uh, that you're disciplined about uh, that have produced a higher return for you? Personally, I think getting up early and getting a workout in to clear my head and, and kind of thinking about the priorities that I have to do that day. Uh, what did I miss on my list the night before? Is there anything else that I need to prioritize? What are the biggest uh, drivers of success for the day? Uh, it has been very helpful to me. Uh, I have twin three-year-olds. So an hour or two of quiet before they wake up is, is certainly helpful and welcome. Wow. Yeah. That's, that that's intense, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, that'll get you going or you better get going before they get going. Right. Uh, that's that, fun. That's exactly right. So uh, what about, uh, how do you like to give back? 
I like to participate in, I love being outdoors. I love the great outdoors. So any kind of community cleanup and uh, uh, kind of public land, it's a nice way of, of giving back, cleaning up our community. And then also just sharing knowledge. I think is knowledge is, is power. And if you can help coach younger people or, or people that are new to the industry, it's a great way to give back to them. No doubt about it. Cameron, I'm grateful for your generosity and giving back with so much time over two segments here as well. And even talking through like where you feel we're at in the market cycle now. And I mean, we talked about investor relations as well in a number of areas. I feel like that's so crucial. Uh, and it's just great to hear the importance you all have placed on that. And even having a portal and, and the importance of that and being available for investors and, and even your thoughts about debt and what investors should be looking for in deals. So grateful again for your time. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Sure. You can find me on LinkedIn, Cameron Pym, Stonelark Landings. You can also email us info at stonelarklandings.com. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today.